Welcome to Leading Local. My name is Madi. I'm a care professional based in Farnborough. And in this show, I interview local people and businesses making a difference in the lives of older people in our community. Whether you're interested in caring, looking for care for a loved one, or just care about what goes on in this community of ours, I'm here to share a story, to fill your heart with joy, and hopefully inspire you. If you like what you hear, please do share our episodes with friends and family. A special thanks to my sponsor, Homestead Farnborough Fleet and Farnham, for making this possible. Now sit back and enjoy the episode. Hey everyone, and welcome to Leading Local. This is a podcast where I interview local business leaders, providing great service to people in our community, especially older people. Uh, I have the pleasure of having Mary Jordan um, in this show today. And Mary is a very established subject matter expert on dementia uh, and uh, a published author. Uh, Mary runs a business called Adapt Dementia where she supports and helps people with dementia, uh, people living with dementia and their families in Hampshire and Surrey. And you can find out more about Mary by going on to her website, adaptdementia.com. And today we'll be talking a lot about uh, dementia and how it affects uh, family, first and foremost, uh, but also the people living with it. And uh, Mary has uh, done a lot of training on the subject. Uh, in fact, she does train uh, our caregivers, care professionals at home in Stead Farnborough, uh, but also provides support and training for family members. She also runs cognitive therapy sessions for people living with dementia in Hampshire and Surrey. So she knows a lot about this subject. Um, so we're going to talk a little bit about that. And in fact, one of her books, uh, she has uh, covered this very issue uh, in a lot of in, in great length. Uh, the book is called Essential Carers Guide to Dementia. So Mary, very welcome. Hello, Marty. So it would be great to start with you telling us a little bit about your background and how uh, you became interested in uh, dementia. Right. Well, I, I initially because I looked after my mother-in-law who had dementia. That's what first made me aware of dementia, really. And then um, I worked for Alzheimer's Society for 12 years. Um, got, all, you know, a lot of experience that way. And then branched out on my own. Amazing. <laughs> what was actually, I'd be meaning to ask you, what was the first uh, book that you published? Because you went into publishing uh, yeah. shortly after that. Well the, well, the original book was quite a long time ago and it was uh, it's obsolete now and it was about um, fund holding in general practice on the NHS so it was nothing to do with dementia <laughs> but I have I have since published I think eight books which are all connected with dementia and caring for elderly and uh, end of life yes so, so um, I think uh, I just want to dive into the subject straight away when you think about dementia and you've supported so many people in your career. What do you think is the um, is the first thing you would like uh, the the carers, the people, the family members, the people who are supporting someone who's just been diagnosed with dementia or may not have been diagnosed with dementia? <laughs> uh, but what was it, what would be the first thing you'd like them to know about this uh, about dementia? 
Well, I'd like them to know that it's not the end of the life, that it's, mm. you know, life goes on. And just because you've got dementia, that doesn't mean you're not the person that you were. Yes. Um, and I'd really like people to know that there is support out there, support which you provide and I provide. But, yeah. You know. Yeah, it's not hopeless. No, because I think quite often doctors sign people off and say, right, off you go, get on with it. And, and people don't know that there's help out there. Yes. And is there, and there are a lot of people who have also not been diagnosed with dementia, but sometimes people, uh, sometimes professionals refer to them as, well, we think they've got a dementia, but undiagnosed. How do you feel about that? Is that something, is, is this a term we should use, we should use loosely? <laughs> Probably not. <laughs> um, one of my books is actually about coping with mild cognitive impairment. And that's, that's sort of pre-dementia, or it might be something people have and they never de develop dementia. So they might only have mild cognitive impairment, which just means, you know, life isn't quite so easy as it used to be. Yes. And this is, um, this is happening, obviously, at any, at any age, right? Older? Well, older people no. generally, mm -hmm. generally. I mean, dementia can happen at a young age, but it's rare. Yeah. So, say in terms of the at the moment how it's treated, dementia is uh, or the diagnosis of the dementia is treated by healthcare professionals. Um, is there what's the pr process? What is the diagnostics and process that people go through to if they had a loved one who they thought is getting forgetful, possibly has got dementia? What what where should they go? What happens? Well, first step is always the GP. Mm -hmm. Um, one would hope that the GP would refer people then on to consultant psychiatrists or other people who yeah. will diagnose or otherwise. Yeah. Um, so first step is the GP. Yeah. And, and then the consultant will do various tests. They will first test to see if there are things that are making people muddled which don't indicate dementia. Mm -hmm. So they'll do blood tests and things like that. And generally they'll do a CT scan to see if anything's, you know, to see the state of the brain. So, And so at the moment, do you think in your time you've been supporting people with dementia, how has diagnostics come about? Do you think we are getting better at diagnosing, diagnosing dementia um, mm. or do you think we're still quite don't know enough about the brain? <laughs> <laughs> well, I think a big step forward has been that now people get routine CT scans. When I, when I first came into dementia, it was all done by, um, mustn't say guesswork, but mm. <laughs> it was all done by, by, you know, estimated tests and things like that. But now mm. we've got the CT scan. Mm -hmm. uh, you can see if the brain is actually atrophying. So it's, uh, it's better than it was. Yeah, I think uh, this might be a good place just to actually explain what dementia looks like in terms of physical, how it physically affects the brain. If you can, maybe just for the listeners to explain oh, what happens in the brain of someone yeah. who's um, who has dementia. dementia, and also perhaps, Mary, how, how how does that change over time? Right, I think that's a good question actually, because a lot of people think it, uh, dementia is a mental condition, but it's not. It's a physical condition. So what happens is the brain cells start to die in the brain, and that causes the brain to shrink. And that's what we see on the CT scan. 
So you can actually see a shrinkage of the brain. And as the brain cells die, it's like a cascade effect because a brain cell that dies is not stimulating the cells next to it, and so they die. So it's a cascade effect. So things get worse, progressively worse. It is a progressive disease. Yes. And of course, in, uh, it starts affecting uh, all parts of the body because... Um is there is there a place where or a physical or a physical ability or a cognitive ability mm. that in your experience gets affected impacted first well doctors will always say memory short term mm. memory and generally short term memory is the first thing it's affected except in one or two rare dementias frontotemporal dementia the memory isn't affected straight away it's not quite the same but generally, most doctors would say a short-term memory. But I think um, also we should be looking at confusion. You know, people getting confused in an, in everyday tasks. So not not in you know we can all get confused if we're trying to do something new. But this is sure. this is confusion in in tasks that are just general everyday. Maybe cooking a meal or something like that. I think that's the sort of thing we'd be looking at. Yeah, I mean, the classic that uh, uh, I've seen happen is um, clients sometimes uh, fill up a kettle, electric kettle, and then they put it on the hob. Which Absolutely, is, that's a, yes, that's a is, classic. Is an example <laughs> that yeah, yeah, yeah. And it, yeah. it, it can is a terrifying experience as well. I should uh, think it w w would be yeah. 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 So um, at the moment, uh, what support is available? To the family member, let's say they have been through this process and they have found out that uh, they've diagnosed their loved one, father, mother, and then they they now know that yes, there is dementia. Mm. So, what would what support is available for them? What, what should be the first thing they 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 should do or need to do? Um, well, you know, Maldi, it does vary dramatically um, throughout the UK. So, some areas there's a much more support than other areas. Um, what all families should ask about is whether there is um, a memory matters course or a cognitive stimulation therapy course, because those are things that we know can help. So I think people should ask whether that's available um, locally. It, it, isn't at lo it isn't available everywhere. Sure. Um, but I think they should ask about that. And then they should ask about what support is available in the community, like um, for like having a carer who could just help people with things like cooking and things like that. Yeah. So, um, but it's, because it's progressive, you might be getting help at different stages. So you don't want everything necessarily straight away. Sure, sure. You don't want to lose your independence entirely. No. Um, Mary, can you say a little bit about what happens during those sessions, like with uh, memory clinic and also cognitive therapy sessions? So, for f what's what's the what should the family be looking for in these sessions? What do they get? Uh, well, there are two different things. Memory clinic is generally uh, like a catch-up thing with a nurse and um, a, a support worker, just to see how things are going and whether medication can be adjusted. So, again. I probably forgot to mention that all families should ask about medication um, because there is medication available, which is not a cure, as you know, but can help. Um, the cognitive stimulation therapy sessions are social sessions. They work in a group. It's group work, but it's 
and they're all, it's all brain exercises, stimulation, um, various various different kinds, really. We do lots of different things in each session. Um, for the people taking part, they don't see it. It's not like a class. They would see yeah. it as just having fun, really, just going into a group and enjoying a social occasion. But from our point of view, we're applying um, proven therapies. Amazing. And I know that you provide this uh, in, in our area because we cover yeah. Farnborough, Fleet, Farnham, but you cover a much broader area in Hampshire and Surrey. But I do know that you do you do provide this in Farnham. And like you said, it's you it's not everywhere. You cannot no, find this. No, mm. it's not. It's, I mean, strictly speaking, it should be available free on the NHS, but it frequently isn't. Yeah. But but the, it is, you know, it is the therapy that people should ask about. Yeah. And in, you've seen improvements or you've seen changes when you've been doing this with people uh, coming to your sessions? I have had comments from carers saying they've seen changes. One carer said to me, Tuesday afternoon sends me home a new man. Wow. <laughs> I can't do better than that, can you? <laughs> Absolutely um, can. Yeah. So, so. Yes, it's usually the carers who tell you that they see an improvement. But yeah. I suppose one thing that bears it out is that when I ask people if they want to come back for another set of sessions, they always say yes. Amazing. I never, I never have people dropping out. That's amazing. <laughs> well, that says a lot. <laughs> <laughs> it does, doesn't it? That says a lot. But, you know, there is a struggle sometimes organizing social things or even yeah. – getting mm. getting people out and there's a shock as well especially in the early stages yeah. where you're just worried about what you're facing and what's the uncertain future yes it's getting people yes. out is a very difficult task so. it can be yeah yeah and the last couple of years have been very difficult for people, yeah. Of course. yeah yeah been very hard and um the carers find these sessions useful as well whether it's the wife or husband or family uh, well the, the sessions are not for carers. Carers get the time off, so I think mm -hmm. they find that useful. <laughs> Absolutely, yeah. Little break, yeah. Yeah. No, that has been that has been that that is exactly why it's both parties benefiting. Yeah. Uh, both the client and also the family. So, other than that, um, what else can the family do to support the loved one at home? Um, I mean, we were talking earlier about all the technologies available at yeah. home and a whole raft of new things coming out to make home uh, dementia friendly. Be good to hear your thoughts on that. I think um, there's a lot of things in the pipeline and technology is just catching up with ideas. But one of the problems we have is that um, people with dementia find it very hard to learn new things. So if it's technology that they have never used, they're going to find that difficult. If, it, if they're techie people anyway, and they've been used to using remote controls and Alexa and things like that, then they're, then they're going to be fine with it. But we have to remember that it's going to be very difficult for them to learn anything new. So that's the problem that we face, really. So I think um, I would advise carers to try to stick to familiar things. And if they're going to use a new technology, take a lot of time over um, getting people used to it and, you know, making sure that they understand it. And it will take a lot longer than it would for any of the rest of us. Yeah. 
of course, is an adjustment for the client, the person living with dementia. It's an adjustment for the care. Isn't for the it? care, yeah. Yeah, very much so. I think one of the things that I've heard a lot is as soon as a diagnosis of dementia comes, people think about a care home. And that's kind of why I wanted to ask that question, because we we know that, you know, you could be living with dementia for a long time yeah. and home still can't be a safe place. Yeah, I think generally there frequently comes a time when residential care is the option. But generally, people stay in their own homes a lot longer now. And, and there's no, you know, you don't have to think of residential care. And I have people who've never gone into residential care. Sure. So if you get adequate support in your own home, um, you can continue there. Mm-hmm. And it's a familiar environment, as you were yeah. saying earlier. Yeah, absolutely. And that makes a huge difference. And being in your own home makes a big difference. People, mm. you know, they, they um, progress less fast in their own home. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. And the adjustment that we were talking about earlier, the adjustment that the carers have to go through, um, that is a big adjustment too. And uh, the book, The Essential Carers Guide, um, is a really helpful one in kind of trying to address it to some mm. some level. Um, what would be your, your, your thoughts and suggestions uh, to people who are just going through this right now and... Um, how do how should how how would they approach this? It's a very difficult time, and how should they think about it? I, I think then one of the things people should remember is is to ask. So if they're getting help, ask the people who are helping what they can do, and if they're not getting help, ask where they can get the help. Great point. It, it, it is out there. Great point. So so don't be afraid to speak out and ask. Great you know, point. Um, don't think there's a stigma around dementia anymore because there isn't. I think that's such a fantastic point, honestly. I do think sometimes you almost have to, uh, you only get to hear this once you've got to know someone really well. Yeah. The, you know, the, the client's family carer, they really tell you, I should have asked for help sooner. Yes, yes. But, People uh, don't want to, they want to be independent, but this is uh, the time to ask for help. Yeah, absolutely, absolutely. One one of my, um, the consultant I used to work with, he used to say to people, remember, when when you've been saving for a rainy day, this is the rainy day. (laughs) (laughs) So, you know, when you've been thinking we do that sometime, now's the the time to do it. Exactly. We are there. This is now. Yeah, yeah. Well, what's such a really important point you make there? It's so important. I really hope people people take that to the heart because it really is, it really is about asking for help sooner. Yeah. And yeah. you often say people, and and there is there there are benefits to getting help and asking mm. for help earlier. Mm. Is there any? Has there been any scientific uh, work done on this? Very where people have looked and said, well, actually, having going to cognitive therapy or having carers come at home and support, obviously, the social stimulation mm. Mm. can help um, slow down progression of dementia. Um, well, cognitive stimulation therapy is a proven therapy that is mm-hmm. supposed to help, um, and that's been recommended by NICE. So that that has been researched. So yes, that has. Um, as regards getting help. I think there's there's been research that has shown that carers have less stress if they ask for help earlier. So there's been a, quite a lot of research about stress and carers. Mm-hmm. 
Mm-hmm. And, it, and, and by asking for help earlier and accepting help earlier, people be, are less stressed and then they can cope better. Yes, of course, because them coping is a big part of the whole coping thing, isn't it? Absolutely. Uh, because they are the front line, front yes. line carers. Yeah, so there has been research on that. So I would say, yeah, ask, ask for help before you think you need it. <laughs> wow, that is, that is a really, really good point. Um, and so very in terms of the work you've been seeing this lately on the medication front for dementia, there's mm. been quite a lot of research and I've As. seen there's been a lot of um, a lot of work being done. Yeah. Um, I think the latest there was about a year ago, maybe a bit longer, two years ago, the Cambridge University research paper came out that they'd found that one of the Parkinson's medication would help slow down the progression of dementia. Are you seeing anything out there that might uh, change things in the near future? Not as much as I would like, Mardi. Mm-hmm. Um, there, there's always something in the news about one, new wonder drugs. Mm-hmm. And nine times out of ten, the research tends to peter out because it's found not to achieve what they want to achieve. Mm-hmm. Um, I would always suggest that people try the medication because, because it's all we've got. Yeah. Um, but I, w- I think support is more important than medication, and I think most people would say that too. Yeah. I suppose my final question will be about the support. So on the support front, um, and I know this has been a struggle for a lot of people, how how would you advise uh, carers to go on looking for support? For instance, home care, when they're looking for home care, there are a lot of companies providing yeah. home care. Mm. Mm. Um, I know that, um, you know, we've been lucky to have you support our training for our care pros, care professionals, dementia training. Uh, how should they go on about choosing the right provider? Sometimes they don't have obviously a choice if it's social services providing the care. Sometimes True. they do have a choice if it's private, yeah. privately yeah. funding the care. And of course, nowadays there's direct payments, there's attendance allowance, yes. there's all sorts of benefits that help people fund that care. But how, should you, how would you advise them to think about the, finding the right support? As you say, there are an awful lot of care agencies out mm-hmm. there. Um, I think when you go to a care agency, you should ask about specific things. You should ask whether um, the person with dementia will have the same carer or carers regularly, because that's really important for dementia, um, because they need, they need routine. They need to recognize the people who are coming. So I think that's really vital. You should ask whether the carers will appear on time or whether there's like a two-hour window, which is, you know, wow. is hopeless. You want yeah. somebody who's going to turn up at nine o'clock on Thursday. Absolutely. So absolutely. I think, I think that's really important. And I think you should ask care agencies what training they have. Yeah, absolutely. And, and, if, and if they say, oh, we do this wonderful online training, I think you should suspect <laughs> what's going on because that's, that's very easy to, um, yeah. to do. And of course, during COVID, a lot of people did say that, didn't they? They were yeah. just, oh, well, all of our training is online. But it's online, yeah. Yeah, you know from practice that that is just, that is, that's not easy. It's a lesser option, yeah. Yeah, because there's a lot of pressure on the carers as well, on the care pros who are going yeah. in to support the carers at home yeah. and the clients. Yeah. And there's not a lot out there on how to, how to support people with dementia. Mm. There no. Genuinely isn't. Um, Mary, this has been fantastic. Um, uh, thank you so much for your time. 
and I've obviously signposted people to the website and I'll include the details to the DAP Dementia website uh, below in the description of the episode for people to be able to learn more about what you do and hopefully reach out whether they, if they live in Hampshire or Surrey or potentially purchase one of your books where they will learn a ton about dementia and how to support their loved ones. Thank you so much for this. Thanks, Marty. Bye. Thank you.